Welcome to the Commission Client Podcast. These are the real and raw stories of people that use their health success and struggles to better lead and serve others. If your goal of getting healthy is to have a static achievement, you will always come up short. Instead, find purpose in your health gains and be commissioned to better serve your purpose. I'm your guide and host, Dr. Kurt Perkins, introducing you to the real heroes in healthcare, the people just like you. Thanks for listening. All right, so we are here with another episode, and we have Jamie today, and just like kind of everyone else's story that like struggle, overcoming it, not an easy road, but then looking at it from another standpoint of helping to serve others more. So I think, Jamie, if you just want to tell us about your story, then we can get started. Yeah, so for me personally, um, I've struggled with some health issues my entire life. Uh, When I was young, I very young actually probably before I can even remember I had GI issues and no one could really ever tell me what was wrong and so um, another piece of that was I was diagnosed with uh, ADD uh, which actually was in high school but um, I had symptoms prior to that Uh, I've had issues with uh, hormonal imbalances uh, always had difficulty with my weight Um, when I came to you I had a lot of cravings, mood swings, just really impacting my life in a way that I really didn't want it to. And so I knew that I needed to look at another way of dealing with my health. Um, so I had done some things on my own prior to coming here, but I um, I knew that I needed some, I needed to go to the next level to really get the results that I wanted. Yeah. So as a kid, what did they do for the GI stuff? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. Um, you know, <laughs> Nothing with diet or exercise. Uh, a lot of it was um, taking um, laxatives to help me, or um, I went to countless doctors and really no one could ever tell me. They would put a label on it, but they wouldn't really tell me how to fix it. It was either, you know, take a pill for the rest of your life, or, you know, I'm sorry, this is just the hand that you were dealt. And I, I don't know, I just really felt like I could do more on my own to, um, do my part in helping my body to do its best. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't learn that though until after high school because you just, you know, you, you think that you go to the doctor and that they, they are the end all be all to your diagnosis and that you're stuck with that forever. And so it was really refreshing to know that that wasn't the case. <laughs> so what, what was your awakening moment then? Uh, I would say this kind of happened over time. I don't know that it was any one particular moment. Um, I, When I was in high school, though, I, I had a really bad GI situation that I won't go into too many details <laughs> for, for people listening. But uh, I did go to the doctor after that and was told that was when I was told, like, you're going to need to be on this medication for the rest of your life or you're going to have problems. And so I took it for a year. And that's when I started thinking that there has to be a better way. And... Uh, at that point, I wasn't really into different lifestyle modifications, but um, I also wanted to lose weight because, you know, I was a teenager and that was important to me. And so I started eating more fruits and vegetables. I started exercising more uh, and drinking enough water. And it was, uh, it made a big difference. It wasn't a complete turnaround, but that was probably one of the moments. Um, Another moment was uh, when I was in college and I was on um, ADD medication and I talked to uh, my doctor about getting off of the medication um, if I wanted to have kids. And he said, well, just stop taking it. It'll be fine. 
And I knew that, you know, my neurotransmitters had been impacted by this medication. Um, and I was using it as a way to, um, get through my daily life and to just stop taking it was going to be a major thing. And I said, well, you know, I've heard that nutrition and uh, other lifestyle things can make a difference. And he said, oh, no, there's no research on that. And that was the end of the conversation. And I had known differently because I had, um, you know, been dabbling in some different things in terms of changing what I was doing. And I don't know, it just, it was, that probably leads into the frustrations that I've had with the traditional model. Um, But yeah, those are some of the turning points. There's been lots of them, but those are two major ones that really stick out to me that just said, well, basically that you're stuck with this. There's nothing that you can do. Yeah. And, and I knew that wasn't the case. Did you ever notice any connection between like the gut stuff and the behavior stuff? Um, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When, when my, um, GI issues, uh, when I started getting control of some of those through my lifestyle, um, my focus was better and I had more energy and I just felt more, I guess you could say normal, you know, or just yeah. what you feel like you should be able to function like on a day to day basis. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely a connection there. Did you ever bring that up to your doctor? You're like, Hey, when my gut's a wreck, like I notice focus is worse or anything like that. Um, I would say no, because that was after I had, um, gotten off the medication is when I really started oh, okay. to notice the difference. Um, I, you know, at that point I was really at the beginning stages of, um, kind of understanding connections and, um, I knew that, I knew that there was another way, but I didn't know about that connection between the gut and the behavioral piece yet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, I don't know, late teens and you have almost two medications that say you're going to be on these the rest of your life. Like how does that hit you in the face? Cause you're in the millennial group right yeah. or are you yeah. out of that or um I'm not sure I think I'm kind of like on the brink but or okay. on, this, on the edge of two different but um yeah I mean I I grew up in a medical family and so we okay. took a lot of medications so it wasn't huge but when I thought about how I was a young teenager and this is supposed to be the healthiest time of your life yeah and someone's telling you like you're gonna have to take this for the rest of your life too bad you know it's just the way the way it is um, it was kind of hard. I, I sort of felt like broken, you know, like yeah. what is wrong with me and why is it that I was dealt this hand and I was kind of upset about it. But, um, yeah, as I learned more, it was sort of liberating, you know, to know that I could do something else. Did you ever go through that, like a self pity party then? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would say for sure. Um, I still go through that occasionally (laughs) because, you know, I know that there's certain things that I can't eat or there's certain things that, um, you know, if I partake in, you know, too much junk or, I mean, I know when I was younger, I I didn't quite put that together yet, but, um, you know, well, why, why do I have to do this and how come my friends don't have to do this? You know, as a teenager, it was, it was hard to understand that part, but yeah, so definitely a pity party sometimes. (laughs) Was it you that got you out of it, or did someone else have to kick you in the butt to um, break it? You know, as far as the the cycle of like just the, the self, pity party, yeah. um, you know, I would say that it kind of happened over time. Some of it accidental, you know, as I because I did struggle with my weight when I was growing up. Um, I think as I had that first kind of awakening moment of wow, like I actually have some control over this, and so that part. Um, it was kind of an accidental 
life kicking me in the butt to realize like, oh, you have some control over how you feel and, and yeah. how your body performs. Um, and then, yeah, so I don't know if there was any, you know, exact moment where it was like, oh, wow, like, this is amazing. I, you know, I have control, but little things over time, I think. Okay. So what resources did you come across like in those early days where you're like, hey, there might be more to this than just a medication? Um, you know, some of it was just my interest in nutrition and, and health. Um, but also, I mean, my dad was um, a big proponent of, he was learning more about natural um, natural medicine and, and just other ways of doing things. Um, he's in the medical field as well. And so, uh, you know, things that I used to think were crazy mm-hmm. or, you know, becoming more, um, I don't know, he kind of shined a shown a light on uh, possibilities that were not the standard model. So, I mean, those are, that was probably one of the resources. And then just as I, my passion for um, health and wellness grew, I I started seeing um, just more that was out there that was available. So with your dad being in like in the medical model, was his eyes opening because like here's my kid struggling doing what I've learned as like the normal and now like it's not working so something's got to shift or is it he just started becoming interested in that? Do you think? I think he became just interested in it and okay. so it kind of opened his eyes to other opportunity or other other ways of doing things and yeah. um, which then you know we have a lot of conversations have a really great relationship with my dad and so yeah. um, it kind of opened my eyes to. Hey, look, you know, there's chiropractic out there. There's, you know, there's lifestyle modifications. There's, you know, a number of other things that you can do to, um, you know, get the same result or, or better than what you're doing. And you don't necessarily have to rely on, um, you know, medication. I mean, not that there's no place for medication, but there's a lot of things that I was doing that, um, I don't know there was another way there was another way yeah. and i was interested in looking at that so like there's never designed for a lifetime exactly like, consumption of right it. Like, right it was to get you out of the emergency and then figure out what's going on type mm-hmm. of thing um so that's cool like your parents don't think you're you're weird and all that now <laughs> you're... no no they don't <laughs> thankfully <laughs> yeah um and then in college like i know what you do now was that your original path or did you switch? Like, uh, did you have I a switched different a lot path? of times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I always wanted to work. Well, I, I wanted to work with food since I was in high school. So I thought oh, okay. I would go to culinary school originally. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know, I don't think that's going to work out because I don't want to be working every night, every weekend. Cause I want to have a family kind of, uh, of a deal. Yeah. And then, um, I really liked working with kids. That was really important to me as well. And so I thought I would go into education. Yeah. And uh, I really like the young kids. And so when I was in college, my advisor said, well, you realize like working with young children, you're probably going to be a babysitter. (laughs) And I thought, okay, I did that through college and I'm good with that after working as a nanny. And then, um, yeah, I, I, I really loved food and I started realizing the benefits of food. And so then... Uh, nutrition became my my avenue that I ended up pursuing and never want to go any other way. <laughs> cool. So you've used your own struggles. Now you're serving other people. 
And you've been in way different settings. Like, can you talk about that? Like, you've been hospital settings and school settings and all these other, and how they kind of view nutrition versus how you would, like, you view it. Yeah, so um, I've, I've worked in various a- aspects of the nutrition field, and um, I think that eyes are opening a little bit to um, other ways of doing things, but... Uh, yeah, in the hospital, um, it was a good learning experience, but a lot of it was more like triage care and just, I don't know, it was, it was very, um, it was pretty cookie cutter in terms of my role. Like I did a lot of the same things every day yeah. and, and it was, okay, well, if you're not eating, then have a protein shake, you know, and if, um, yeah, and it just, I don't know, it really wasn't something that um, I felt was getting to the root cause of yeah. issues and not helping with prevention. So is that more just like this person needs calories, like however well you can get it in? Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of like what the calorie is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, and, and that may have changed, you know, I don't want to speak poorly of yeah, the yeah. clinical field at all because, you know, there's definitely a role for that. But um, I, it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. And um, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like we had the opportunity to really dig into why a person was losing weight or why a person was gaining weight or why their appetite was really poor and you know really dialing into how to how to go into that um in a personalized way and yeah so it was kind of like a calorie is a calorie you know with the exception of a few a few things you know like if they were diabetic we would have a different formula or if they you know if they really needed to gain weight we might give them a more concentrated formula but it wasn't yeah it wasn't as preventative as I'd like it to be as, as I want it as I viewed nutrition so yeah. I wanted to go a different way um and then what other settings have you been in yeah so I've actually worked in schools and um do that now and you know I feel like we have an opportunity to reach kids um in a different way uh you know there's absolutely room for improvement in that area in terms of nutrition education and helping kids understand um, you know, why it matters, what they put into their bodies. Um, but yeah, we're definitely making huge strides and that has changed over time. I mean, there's always room for improvement, um, and improvement in funding opportunities to provide more of those things. But, um, yeah, I would say school nutrition has come a long way in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years. I know when I was in high school, it was a lot of you know, chicken nuggets and, um, corn dogs and, and other things that aren't so great. And, uh, and while some schools may still be doing that, I think that a lot of schools are, um, starting to realize that, you know, the cafeteria is another classroom and that we have the opportunity to show kids that, um, what you eat makes a difference in how you learn. And so, um, yeah, so that's definitely been, I would say, um, more on the preventative end than um, the some of the other work that I've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Are teachers seeing that now? Are they putting those together? Uh, you know, I think it really depends on the teacher. Uh, if they have a passion for nutrition and health, I think that... Like I say, this couple days, we're recording this couple days after Halloween. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, do teachers see 
hey, they just had this massive bowl of candy coming into school today and like they're acting horribly. Like, do they just associate with just too much sugar or like would they expand like, hey, this could work with other nutritional things as well? Yeah, you know, I, I really, um, I don't have as much opportunity to talk to the teachers, you know, in targeted times like that. Yeah. Um, but I would say talking to my kid's preschool teacher, you know, just um, they really see that, they really see an impact of how it, how it, um, the, the behavioral changes and that kind of a thing. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it would be interesting, though, to have more conversation with those teachers, uh, K-12, to see, you know, how is this impacting our kids? Or do you see that this is impacting our kids? Because we know that it is, you know, the, the choices that they're making. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, that's not something I get to really dabble in as much on a daily basis. So, so would that be maybe, I don't know, like an avenue that could help incorporate that. Like I feel like the teachers have so much influence or is it more of a parent thing? I know both are important and both have like super influence on a kid. Yeah. Gosh, you know, that's hard to say. Um, I think both are important, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that any opportunity that you have to impact someone that is so influential in a child's life is, is important. And you know, either way, I think we have a long way to go, I think, in our culture to really do the, the educational duty that I think that we could do as, yeah. a, as a society and helping parents and teachers understand the impact that um, every part of lifestyle change, you know, positive lifestyle change can have on a kid. And just because they're kids doesn't mean they have to have candy or have to have mac and cheese or have to have hot dogs. You know, I think that um, yeah, that's another area that we could change perspective. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because I feel like a lot of times parents assume kids won't make the right choice. Like we have, I don't know, like a Friday night group, we go with a bunch of friends and whenever there's a veggie tray, like that thing's devoured by all the kids. Like going to Halloween or going to school the other day, dropping my kid off, he brought a veggie tray and you saw other people bringing in boxes of Dunkin' Donuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we and I asked him, like, well, how much, like, did the tray get eaten? He's like, yeah, everyone ate it except for, like, one kid. So it's, I think we're limiting kids' decision-making that, like, they won't do this because we're, like, we're almost making that poor decision for them. Like, hey, they're not going to do this, so we're not even going to try. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think, like, in the work that I do now, um, like, we have salad bars in all of our schools, for example, and... You know, some kids are really hesitant because they haven't seen it before. But when you be- make it part of the norm and it's there's more and more exposure to these things, kids will. I mean, they'll try it. They want to they want to be adventurous to some degree. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, the way our brains are wired, if you're going to put a million cupcakes out there, then they're yeah. going to want to go for it. But uh, I don't think that it's fair to discount um, our kids and just assume that healthy is going to be unpopular, you know, with them. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're seeing that cultural shift here. Do you think we're in a bubble, like being in Southern Colorado? Um, like, I don't know if you're connected with other areas of the country with other school districts and stuff and what they do. But Yeah, I mean, I would say in some ways, yes. I mean, it really depends. I know that um, there are other parts of Colorado where, um, like in Northern Colorado, Boulder area, you know, um, I've talked to folks there that they're, uh, the things on their menu you know, we could try it in our, in our schools and, 
I don't think it would go as well because of that impact that they have the the parents have on yeah. on the food choices of our, our kids and what they've been exposed to. I think exposure is huge. You know, it's really a big thing. Um, but yeah, so I would say we are in somewhat of a bubble. But um, I think across the nation, um, health is becoming. Um, I don't know. It's becoming more of an acceptable, normal thing to some degree. You know. So my kids aren't going to be the weird kids in school? <laughs> they might be a little weird. Mine's weird, too. It's okay. <laughs> but it's good weird, in my opinion. So, um, But, yeah, I do think that it's growing. Um, and people are realizing whether it's the cost of health care or if it's the, um, the realization that, you know, when you're healthy, you learn better. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that yeah. it's multifactorial. But um, I hope it's on the upward you know, it's on the rise in terms of becoming a norm, but um, yeah, I think it probably does vary a little bit from area to area. Okay. Um, so kind of going back to your journey, was there, like you had kind of some self-pity, was there ever like, I, I'm just giving up like this, is, I'm done with it? Um, you know, I would say, you know, every journey has hills and valleys, and uh, I've definitely had some of those valleys before, but um I don't think that I've really ever had the option to completely give up because when I do, I feel it and I feel terrible. And so, um, like for example, if I go and um, completely give up on my diet, which is hard for me to do because I, I value it so much to my core. Yeah. But um, you know, when I, I derail, you know, get derailed a bit, like I really feel it and I, I do feel the GI impact and I feel um, you know the lack of focus and and other issues that I've struggled with before. And so it really cements. Um, my choice to, I don't want to say it cements my choice, but it cements the, um, the importance of making a good choice on a regular basis. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there definitely have been times when I've, I've, I've gotten derailed or, um, wanting to give up. I would say most recently, uh, I just had my second child and, uh, that was a wake up call in terms of like, wow, this is the most stretched thin I've ever been in my entire life. And so, um, you know, you do want it to fall off the wagon sometimes and just say, yeah. like, this is easier. I want to go the easy route, right. but the easy route isn't always the long-term best route. So, right. yeah, I would say that's probably the most recent, recent, um, time when I wanted to just throw in the towel. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's kind of been like one of the recent life struggles. Any like unpredictable moments that have like you'd give wisdom to to other people? Because I feel like like I've interviewed guys and they kind of have like, oh, okay, I can relate to them. But now I'm seeing a pattern as I'm interviewing more females of like, which I think I can't speak to just because I've it doesn't, female, it doesn't it doesn't right? compute with me like <laughs> yeah. Like some people are like, you really think that? Like that thought's never crossed my mind before. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say um, just, I don't know. I, I already have one child. And so I thought that I knew what I was in for, you know, having two kids. But it's really hard being, a, you know, a full-time working mom and, um, you know, having busy schedules and having to tend to all the needs of two little humans, you know, <laughs> it's it's a lot. And so, um I guess even though I thought I knew what I was getting into, it was still unexpected in a lot of ways. And every kid is different too. So their personalities are different. And 
um, you know, not sleeping and, you know, just being really busy has kind of changed my perspective and certainly my appreciation for my own mother and all the things that she did. And just realizing that, um, you know, moms are pretty amazing and that, um, you know, with the unexpected, uh, just busyness and craziness of my life right now, it's, it's helped me to, um, you know, accept that things don't have to be perfect to be moving in the right direction. You know, I mean, you can make small changes and, um, sometimes that's all you can do. Like, for example, I mean, I used to make more extravagant meals because I felt like I wanted to, you know, make something really fancy for my family, especially being a food, the foodie that I am. Yeah. And then, you know what, recently it's had to go to, okay, let's think in, um, in a more functional way. Okay. What do I know that I need and my kids need to do their best? And so, you know, it might be like yesterday, for example, I was packing my lunch and I really didn't have time to meal prep as much as I normally do over the weekend. And so it was throwing in like a half of a cucumber and a bag of carrots and a leftover piece of chicken and an avocado into my bag and a piece of fruit and taking care of it later, you know, and realizing like, okay, you know what, this isn't even put into a meal yet, but I know that this is going to feed my body today. So, um, that's okay. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if it's fancy because what I need to think about is what is my why and what is, um, the long-term impact of the choice that I'm making. So, um, I could go and say, well, forget it. I'm just going to run to go get something quick, you know, at a restaurant, but I know that I need to feel my best to be able to have the impact I want on the other people in my life. So if that means throwing something together, fine, you know, or maybe it's giving up something else. Um, You know, I, I can't necessarily do the exercise that I want to do right now, but even if I only have 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there, if I can squeeze in the exercise, I know that I'm going to be a better person for it. So yeah, yeah, I guess those are kind of some of the unexpected things and, and how I've had to shift my perspective and habits to, try to still be as successful as I can. Yeah. Cool. Um, this would be like a specific niche, but I've had a handful of kind of high school, college kids wanting to go into the nutrition field. Like what would you, and a lot of them kind of sound like your story. Like they wanted to get more into like the cooking aspect of it, but now realizing there's more to the story. Like how would you, or what questions do you have them ask for their program or what direction would you, or what trends do you see coming up that like, hey, this may not be on the radar now as far as education, but could be applied to whatever industry or something down the road? Like, Yeah, um, I would say that, um, you know, the curriculums for uh, nutrition programs are, are changing. You know, there, there's a lot more research out now. There's a lot more um, openness to just looking at different ways of doing things. And, you know, for example, there's uh, there's a dietetic practice group called Dietitians in Integrative and Functional Medicine. And so if you are more into looking at the root cause of of something and helping people to work through that, it's a great practice group to look into. And and there are programs that kind of go along with that. So I would say when you're looking at different college programs, think about what you eventually want to do. If you know that, you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I went into nutrition, but um, if you know that and you know that one area of nutrition or one way of helping people is what you want to do, then I would say, look for programs, ask questions about, um, you know, can I, am I going to gain the knowledge in this program that helps me to do this? You know, whatever that Mm -hmm. XYZ result is. 
um, because they aren't all the same. I mean, they all do have certain um, standards that you need to meet, but uh, that need to be met. But um, some of them have different focus areas. So if your focus area is more in one one area than another, then you know, kind of look at that route a little bit more than just saying, oh, well, this school has a program for nutrition, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. So just kind of focusing your your questions and your your focus on on those kind of programs. So when someone goes to undergrad for like a nutrition degree, like what do they come out with? Is it a dietetics? Is it a, I don't know, what other levels are there? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> this is actually changing as well. So, oh, um, <laughs> so my degree is in um, human nutrition and uh, dietetics, f- food science, and uh, there are some other, you know, focus areas, but uh, all nutrition degree, well, everyone that wants to be a dietitian is going to have to get a master's degree now, and so that's going to be okay. a, a new thing coming out, I think, starting next year. Um, that would be like an RD? like mm-hmm, to okay. get your RD, yeah, gotcha. and so to be a registered dietitian, so you, you get a bachelor's or master's degree, and then you also have to do an internship program, and so there's different areas um, that are more focused in different internship programs. So if you want to go into school food service, you can go into a school food service-based uh, internship. But you still have to do clinical and community and various other programs or, okay. or rotations. Um, but if you want to do another one, you can focus on other areas. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the way that that is. But there are definitely schools that have more focus on... Um, you know, integrative health, or maybe uh, in in terms of internships, if there's programs that you know you want to go this route, look for those. All right. Um, how do you see like traditional private practice shifting with all that? If you do, yeah. You know, I don't know. Honestly, okay. that's something I'm not really sure about yet. Um, I think that... I know what you'd like to see, probably, but, like... Yeah. Is that, that going to be a reality? Yeah, you know, I think it really it really will vary depending on the practitioner and just kind of the way that um, research goes and the way that interest um, by dietitians goes. I know that um, the integrative and functional um, area is definitely a growing field among dietitians, and so um, hopefully that will kind of spread to other practitioners as well. Cool. Um, a couple more. Like, what's been kind of the most impactful thing you've learned as you've, for your own personal journey, more than what you're teaching others? Um, probably that I have a choice. All right. You know, you have a choice. You don't have to go with the first thing that you're told. You know, if, if you don't think that it's you don't think that it's right, seek another opinion, you know, and it doesn't mean that that first person was wrong, but at least if you reach out and you, you see other, other practitioners, if you're having an issue, then, um, you know, you know, you know what else is out there and you know that if there is another way or if there's not another way and and just kind of keep seeking, um, until you, you find, and I don't want to say, um, you know, if your idea is like way out there that, you know, you're going to find somebody that agrees with what you say, but, um, you know, you have a choice in, in your healthcare and that you don't necessarily have to just go to somewhere because that's the only person that your insurance will cover. Or, um, you know, it was the first doctor that you have had, since, you know, 
since you were a kid or whatever it is, you know, you don't have to trust the first opinion that you get. You can, you can go to other practitioners. Um, and also with that, when I say that you have a choice, you have a choice in, in your outcomes, you know, to some degree. I mean, not, you can't control every single thing that happens to you, but you know, in, in my situation, you know, I have a, ch I had a choice. I had a choice to say, okay, well, I'm going to choose to just do, uh, what every other American does, and I, I, not every other American, but you know, the, the standard American diet, for example, where right. um, it's not very, very healthy and it's not very health promoting. Um, you know, we could all be sedentary, we could all do, you know, all these different things, you know, go, 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 go all the time, which I kind of struggle with myself <laughs> too, but you know, those are choices. A lot of those things are choices. And so um, think about the choices that you're making and know that those can impact your your health outcomes as well as those in, uh, around you, you know, your loved ones, your family. Um, and also that, um, you know, health, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be super time consuming. Uh, I think that there's a, um, there's an idea that, oh, well, eating healthy has to be really expensive or, um, you know, I can't afford to be healthy or I can't afford this or that. You know what? You don't have to have an expensive gym membership to exercise. You don't have to, you know, spend a million dollars to eat well, you know, you can, you can make those choices and just, just keep working at it. So I think those things are, have been impactful to me. What if someone out there is discouraged or hopeless, like, or just the uphill battles too much? Like, what would you, like, if you kind of went back to your lowest point, like, what would you say to that person? Um, I would say that it's okay to do baby steps and it's not an all or nothing thing. It's not like, oh, well, um, I can't do this one thing, so I'm just going to give up on everything. You know, try one thing at a time. You know, maybe it's something as small as, um, you know, you sit on the couch all the time or you're stuck behind a desk all the time, so you feel like it's your fate to be overweight or that you can't exercise. Well, you know, take small steps. You know, go for a walk on your lunch break or, you know, pack your lunch instead of going out, you know, I mean, just little things that can add up and really make an impact on your health. You know, maybe it's switching from drinking soda at every meal to drinking water. I mean, it's one change, but it can make a huge impact on your yeah. health. So um, probably that and that um, reach out, you know, reach out to others. You don't have to do it by yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot of resources out there and um, people that want to come alongside you and help, help you to get where you want to go. Cool. Any other final words of wisdom or um, any part of your story that we missed or got triggered while we spoke? Uh, I do have some notes, so let me just check really <laughs> quick. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I've, I've already touched on, you know, the impact that being healthy has made on my life. Uh, I would say that, um, you know, if you're out there and you, you aren't sure, just know that um, taking care of yourself is completely worth it. It's not a selfish thing to take care of yourself especially I know as a mom sometimes you feel like you have to give everything that you have to your kids or to your job or to your husband and you know while it's very important to take care of them if you don't take care of yourself first you really can't make the impact on others that um, that you want to make and I know that firsthand because I've, I've done that myself and so um, I would just say that you're worth it and um, you know make those changes it's worth the time investment um, in yourself to be able to serve others because I really 
have felt the difference in myself that when I don't take, take care of myself, I can't take care of those that I love. And those are the people that I, that, you know, I get up every day for. And so to be able to, um, give to them in a way that impacts them, <clears throat> excuse me, now and into the future is, um, yeah, I, I think I have to continue to learn that lesson over and over, but it's, it's really true. So just be encouraged that, uh, you know, you are worth it and that you can, really benefit yourself and others by making positive changes in your life. Cool. So from gut issues, ADHD, to now molding our children of the future and our school <laughs> system. Um, thanks for being on today. And yeah, maybe round two down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to the Commission Client Podcast. If you found that hopeful, inspiring, or entertaining, we would love some iTunes love. And as all podcasters request, please subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast listening app. I'm Dr. Kurt Perkins, toasting you to a life of more health and less health care.